You can just insert whatever it is in there, right? Uh, I'm going to get going. I'm, I'm going to, today is the day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it happen. I'm going to change things, or I'm going to make a big move. My dad used to tell the story of when he was in his early 50s, he was, his company just ended. You ever had that experience? Just ended. No more. Here you are, you're in your 50s, you should, this should be the zone where you're most productive, and now he doesn't have a job. And he prayed about it, talked to people about it, and he talked to my mom about it and said, you know, I really feel like I'd like to start a business, and um, what do you think? And my mom is super conservative financially, and uh, not stingy, she's a generous, she was a generous woman, but she was, you know, kind of not willing to take a lot of risk. And she said to my dad, if not now, when? And so he did it. And he was successful, and uh, he left her in great shape, and he passed away about 15 years after that. Um, if not now, when? I think when we think about following Jesus, when we think about the call in our lives, we're not going to do it now. When are we going to actually do it? And are there some things that really kind of hold us back? Um, is there some things that we're like, I don't know if I really can do it. Now, last week we talked about developing an appetite, right, for the harvest, uh, an appetite to help people know Jesus and make that kind of our number one appetite. We talked about the fact that God uses things like he gives us a taste. That's what happens a lot in church life, right? We get a taste. We see someone's life change. We want to get involved in that. That's why we have people serving in so many different places in our church. We also, he also uses time and travel. Time with Jesus helps us develop a taste. Over time, we start to see what he's doing. We get excited about that. But also, he does use trauma and trial. Sometimes it's the trauma and the trial that kind of reveals in us who we are, our sinful nature, and how great Jesus is. And we want to share that with other people. But also, a lot of times we've got to trade in some appetites. Some things we need to set aside so that we can have room to make the call of God and the, the harvest of God the number one appetite in our lives. So we develop an appetite. A week before that, we talked about the joy that God, that Jesus replaced, that the joy that God, that Jesus provided to replace our fear. And when we encounter God initially, a lot of times there's a lot of fear, but when we see Jesus as our Savior, we repent of our sin, and we, we have that sense that he has saved us from something we could never pay for. And when we name him our king, our Christ, our Messiah, that fear gets replaced with joy. Well, today we want to talk about moving. Where does Jesus move us to? Where does he take us to? The title of the message today is Moving with Jesus and the, the call of God in our life, and he moves us to a new place. But to move with Jesus means to trust in Jesus. And sometimes to move with Jesus is to stay connected to him, and it may be that he keeps you where you are. You're going to get up when he gets up. You're going to sit down when he sits down. You're going to move with Jesus. Um, Jill and I have moved five times in our marriage. And uh, in those five times, two of those were corporate moves, which in some ways are wonderful. Because someone calls you up and says, hey, we're coming to get your stuff. But you kind of have to trust your company because you don't know these people. Three guys show up with a truck. They spend the day packing your stuff. 
And by the way, if this ever happens to you, make sure that you throw away stuff you don't want because they will literally pack your trash. And you get to the new place and they go, oh, here's a wastebasket full of trash. Thank you very much. Might have thrown that out. Oh, we don't throw anything out. But you're trusting your company when you move with them. You're trusting them that when you get there, there will be what? There'll be a job. There'll be a paycheck. There'll be something meaningful. Maybe there'll be some training, right? You're trusting that this is going to happen. See, Jesus calls us to move with him, to move with him. And to do so, you're going to have to trust him with everything that you have. See, a lot of times we're just moving. We're not moving with Jesus. Continue our series in Genesis chapter 12 today as we look at God's call on Abram's life and how similar it is to the Great Commission. It's so important for us to see that God does call, and he calls us to move. He calls us to move. Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, side note, he would later be called Abraham. It is the same person. Uh, Abram means exalted father. Abraham means father of multitudes, and that's God will rename him that after he reaffirms his call. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He tells him to leave. He tells Abram, I want you to leave your land, your homeland, the place that you're used to, your country. Now, for us, that, that may be your hometown. It's, it's, again, this, these are three things, your, your home, your kindred, and your father's house. This is the place that you really feel kind of secure. You feel you identify with. Um, you feel like I have a direction and a, and a security here. So your land, your home, uh, many of you have left your home to get to Florida. There would probably, if we had a show of hands, there would probably only be a handful of us that are actually from Florida. Uh, most of us have left home to get here. But for some of us, we've been here so long, this is home. This is where we feel most like ourselves or most normal. But he's saying, listen, in those days, your region, that, that was your, a lot of your ethnicity. Um, people like you, lifestyles like you the worship style that you like. He said, I want you to leave that. I want you to leave that. And I want you to leave the people that are like, not just the region, but also those people, the, the kind of people you're used to, the place where you tend to fit in, people who probably look like you to some degree. And I want you to leave your father's house. This was the toughest one, because to leave your father's house was to leave not only your family, but most likely kind of like a job situation because to be in your father's house means that your dad and your your whole extended family usually had a business usually it was most likely some kind of agriculture business kind of shepherding most likely for abraham um i want you to leave that so god is telling him i want you to leave what's secure i want you to leave what you identify with and i want you to go to a place that i will show you. Oh, sounds great, God, but I don't know. You're going to leave what I'm confident in? 
I'm secure in, my future, I'm going to leave that. And he says, I want you to go to a land I will show you. Now get this, it's so important. We always look at this as this is, this is Abraham's great act of faith, and it is for sure, right? But what is God saying? He's saying, I'm not just sending you, I'm not just giving you GPS coordinates or a map's direction. I'm saying, I am going to show you, meaning I'm going to go with you. Think about that. I love that God doesn't give an assignment and say, hey, go do that and report back when you're done. He says, no, I want you to go with me, and I'm going to show you. That should give us an incredible amount of confidence that God goes with us. It reminds us of the Great Commission where Jesus says, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I don't send you out by yourself. I'm going with you. Here's what he's saying. I'm replacing what's familiar and comfortable and secure for you, and I want you to replace that with me. I want you to replace that with me. Are you comfortable with that? Is Jesus as good as your homeland, your people, and your career? Do you trust him like that? Well, here's what he says he's going to do, right? He says, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless all nations through you. I'm going to do all this thing. And what's your role, Abram? Your role is to work really hard to make a name for yourself. Your role is to do nation building. Your role is, no, no, it's not that. Your role is to lead. Your role is to move with me. Hold on to that. We're going to come back to that. Verse number four. So Abram went. One of my favorite phrases in the Bible. God said it. Abram went. He showed up. It wasn't easy. It's not easy to leave. Abram went. He, as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed for Haran, from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions and they, that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And then they came into the land of Canaan. Here's, here's what's happening. I'm taking everything that is under my leadership. It's time for me to go. Lot is his brother's son. His brother is dead at this point, And Abram is probably responsible for Lot as his surrogate father. And so they, he takes everything that he has, his wife, his servants, his workers, people probably who are working the land for him. And they leave and they depart Haran to go to a place that God would show them. Verse 6, and Abram passed through the land of the place at Shechem to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Abram comes to Shechem. You may be at a Shechem today, at crossroads. A, what am I going to do next? Shechem is the crossroads of Palestine. It's a city that's located in a pass between two mountains. And it became a very important crossroads really for the world because Palestine is the crossroads of the continent. But it was also very likely a Canaanite place of worship, a shrine to the Canaanite God. And it's interesting that it's here that God appears to Abram, right where a stronghold of 
other gods was, God appears to him. Shechem would also later be the point where the place where Moses would gather the people in Deuteronomy and say, choose you this day whom you will serve. Will it be, will you choose blessing or cursings? And then later Joshua, in Joshua 25, remember Joshua 25 saying, choose you this day whom you will serve, the God before the, uh, the past, or will you serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's, it's a place of choosing. It's a crossroad. God is saying, this is the land I promised you, and I am showing you this land. And what does Abram do? He builds an altar. He builds an altar. He builds a monument to God where he can sacrifice and worship. God, you've been faithful. And know this, that really all that God has done is shown him the land. It's still full of Canaanites. But Abram is worshiping because God has been true to his promise. Go to a land I will show you. Here's the land I'm showing you. Abram builds a marker, an altar, and worships. He'll do this many times. But these altars are markers to worship, to remember, and to set direction. To worship, to remember, and to set direction. This altar is due south of Haran. It's coming down through what would now be northern Israel. And it is, um, it, it is in a general direction that God is leading Abram so he can show him the whole land. Verse 8. From there, he moves. And let me stop here. He doesn't, Abram doesn't stop at the altar for marker. He doesn't say, okay, here, I'm, I've arrived. I've done everything I need to do. I'm just here, God. God continues to lead him on. The altar was just a marker, and Abraham moves on from there. Verse 8, from there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent from Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. Now, altar, Haran, first altar, second altar, all in the same line going south. He builds another altar. This is God's land. I want to worship I want to remember, and I want to set direction. We have markers like this in our lives as well. And it helps us stay on track. It helps us remember. It helps us worship, and it helps us set direction. You know, in our lives as humans, we have, what do we have, a birth certificate? We got diplomas. We got a wedding license, which I don't know why we need a license to be married. Some kind of people, sorry, if you need, you need one. One time I forgot to sign a license, and a couple called me a few days later. I said, well, I don't think you're married. Um, we also have tombstones and urns. All these points of remembrance throughout our lives. Spiritually, we have spiritual markers as well. We have markers that would say when we were saved and baptized, maybe. For us, spiritual markers are when... God was real, God spoke, God changed our direction, God moved us to the next place. Remember, remember when God came to you and the Spirit moved in your life? That's what I, I want you to be able to tell. Repent and receive the good news. Remember that? Remember when you were baptized? 
Baptism is a picture of what God has done in your life, but it's a, it's a spiritual marker that this is who I am, and I'm making the statement to the world that this is who I am, that I am a follower of yours, Jesus. That's what baptism is. It doesn't say, but it still is a marker. And then from there, no doubt, he's moved in your life other times to say, this is where I want you involved, or these are this maybe is the person I want you to marry, or this is the career I want you to have, or this is the ministry I want you to develop. All these markers continue to lead us in the direction that God wants us to go. Now, sometimes we get off of that and we go, wait a minute, I was headed in this direction and now somehow I got off and I went in a different direction and God calls us back to those markers and sends us back in the direction he had for us originally. I'm so glad he's the God of the second and the third and the fourth chance, amen? Anybody need a second chance? Third 150th, 6,524. And incidentally, it's not about the perfect journey. It's about the repentant journey. Amen. If I'm walking a repentant journey, I'm going to have to turn around a lot. You know, we say this a lot, but there's no one in here who's got it all together. I mean, some of you really look good today. Actually, almost all of you, except for the guys, look really good today. But man, all of us need a second chance. We all need to remember our spiritual markers. So how's it going for you today? How is that journey? Have you, are you moving with Jesus or are you just moving? You're just going. You're hoping that he stops you at some times, right? And honestly, sometimes that's not a bet. That's a good prayer to make. God, if I'm going the wrong direction, please stop me because I'm not smart enough to figure it out, right? But at our core, at our core, I want to move with you, Jesus. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to want to stay where you want me to stay. The first real step for us to move with Jesus is to disentangle. You've got to get disentangled from the things that are keeping you from going where God wants to take you. It could be family especially extended family that says, you know what, I, I don't want you to follow Jesus until I'm dead. You know, it, that's kind of a feeling sometimes you get in families. You can't let that stop you from following Jesus. Could be career, could be money, could be all sorts of things. You know, I love Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 7. Jesus even disentangles himself. It says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Jesus Christ, in the perfect relationship with the Father and the Spirit, he didn't let that great place that he was in in heaven and that amazing power and, and glory and wealth that he had, he didn't let that stop him from doing what? Coming and saving us. You say, I can't believe this is too good. Incredible. See, Jesus calls us, calls us to follow him, to move with him, to be exactly where he wants us to be, even when it's difficult. Talking with our, our daughter, Sarah, and uh, many of you know her husband is an army chaplain, and he's about to be deployed uh, to Eastern Europe, and Sarah told us, she said, you know, I'm getting ready, getting my spirit right, 
because I know that he's going to be gone for about nine months. And so I've been talking to friends, which I recommend, who are godly. And she said, a good friend of mine said this. She said, you know what? God gave me this verse about deployment. And it's Joel chapter 2, verse 25. It says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, thy great army, which I sent among you. Take that verse in for a moment. God sent some things into their lives, some locusts, some destroyers, some things to take from you. But he says, God's able to restore those years. When God calls you to move with him, you're not going to lose anything ultimately. I love that this, this woman that shared this with my daughter said, you know what? My husband has been deployed for a total of five years of our ministry. But God has restored that by giving us that much more time, a very special time for us to be together. Sarah said, well, I have an example of that because for the first time, the Army's granted paternity leave and her husband has been with her for 12 weeks while she, uh, after she just had her second child. You see, God is so faithful. Yes, it's going to be difficult sometimes to be move away from extended family. It's going to be difficult for maybe you to miss some opportunities because of God's call on your life. It's, it's going to be difficult, but don't, don't worry. You can't outgive God. He, he restores what he takes away. And, and you know, by the way, we'll be together in heaven with those godly family members forever. You can never, you never lose when you follow Jesus, when you move with Jesus. I shared many times one of the hardest things we ever did was to leave our family when we left Kentucky uh, to go to seminary. It was brutally hard because our parents had recently relocated there. They had aunts and uncles and cousins and derby pie and Kentucky barbecue. And they have something called seasons, which I think is overrated. But um, how could we disentangle from there and go to seminary and follow God's call? can only say that that was God's call in our lives and it turns out they did just fine turns out we weren't nearly as important as we thought we were they loved us but they did okay because they were trusting Jesus as well never miss what God is calling you to do because you're entangled he is the God who's able to restore the years the locust took away are you struggling with leaving and trusting? When God calls you to move, or when God calls you to be faithful in a particular area of your life, when God calls you to do something, do you struggle with that? God, I don't want to do that. Let me ask you, is Jesus trustworthy? Is he trustworthy? See, a lot of times we'll say, you know what, I'm trusting Jesus with eternity. I really am. But man, I can't really trust him with these days. What? I mean, we're planning on living eternity with him. I if I'm really trusting with eternity, I'm pretty sure you can trust him with today. Conversely, if you're having trouble trusting him with today, you may not really be trusting with eternity. You may have a problem at the core of your relationship with It's interesting, too, that, you know, Abram's role was relatively minor. To leave was his whole job. 
Not saying that's easy. It can be hard. But to leave, that was his job. And God said, I'm going to do all this stuff if you'll just show up. If you'll just be what I want you to be, be where I want you to be. I'm going to do these amazing things in your life. I love Psalm 37, 5. It says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will act. Commit your way to him. Trust him and he will act. You know what? You, you may not be able to see the next step, but you can see the first step. You go, I know I need to be here. I know this is where God wants me to be. I know this is the role he wants me, and I know this is the location, or I know the relationship, or I know the job. I know where he wants me to be. I know it. I may be resistant, but I know that's where he wants me to be. You know what? He's going to take care of things. He's going to take care of things. He is the one who acts. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. What are your spiritual needs? Have you received Christ? Have you been baptized? Maybe you're married. Those things all point you in a certain direction. It's a holy direction. Maybe God's called you to a certain type of ministry, used you in a certain way. How does that line up? See, Abram continued on his journey. He didn't stop, and so many times we just want to say, man, I just want to arrive. I want to get there. You know what? You never get there. Following Jesus is a journey. Our destination is heaven. Our time on earth is always a journey where he constantly wants to lead us one step at a time, one marker at a time. You see, you may want to ask, well, how do I know if I'm, if I'm going the right direction? Let me give you some questions. Are you willing to move with Jesus, even when doing so disrupts, disrupts your career plans? Are you willing to move with Jesus or stay with Jesus when it strains or even breaks extended family relationships? What would prevent you from being exactly where Jesus wants you to be? What is that? Are you moving with Jesus or are you just moving? See, the only thing that could prevent us from, the only thing that could prevent us from moving with Jesus is if we, we're struggling with trust in him. And if we're struggling with trust, there's disruption in our trust relationship. We need to fix that. Jesus wants to replace what's comfortable, meaningful, secure, purposeful in your life with himself himself let me tell you he's enough and sometimes some of us we we try to do this all on our own and we're kind of entangled and we we maybe refuse to go with him and to be where he wants us to be why we're just not willing to trust him and really what we wind up doing is we say god i'm 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 trying to go where i want to go and i'm asking you to bless it that's what church people want to do. God, I've decided what I want to do, and I'm going to pray to you, and I'm going to get you on board. You know what happens when we do that? We're exhausted. We're trying to build a name for ourselves when Jesus said he would build a name. Right? We, instead of building spiritual markers, what are we doing? We're building monuments to ourselves. 
hoping one day just to be able to stop. We'll see. Jesus is ready to do the heavy lifting. He's already doing an amazing thing. He just invites us to get on board. He invites us to trust him with that job. Will you do that? I think it's incredibly exciting that he invites us this way. It's incredibly scary to try to figure it out on your own. It is. You only know a lot of times the very next step. He invites you on a journey. Trust in Jesus and move with Jesus. It starts by showing up. If not now, when? It starts by showing up. Heavenly Father, we confess that we're, we want to pick our own way. And sometimes when you're screaming at us, when you're helping us know where to go, we just are resistant, God, and we don't want it that to happen in 2024. God, we so want this year to be a year where we're moving with you, not just knowing. God, you actually make it pretty easy. We just have to trust and take a step at a time. God, some today are wondering whether they're in the right place, doing the right thing. It always happens at the beginning of a year. God, I pray for clear direction for them. God, I pray that all of us would be trusting you with these days. As followers of yours, Lord, we're amazed that you lead us where you want us to go. God, I pray for those who aren't followers of you today, and they're going, I don't understand this, and this must be an incredible God who would call us to be a part of his redemptive ministry. God, I pray that they would say yes to you and admit they can never, ever achieve a relationship with you without first repenting and receiving what you have to give. You are a great and awesome and mighty and powerful God. Be glorified in these days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you stand with us as we sing? You stood before So what can I say? And what can I do? But offer this heart, oh God, completely to you. So I walk up.
question is, what happens now? Will you move with Jesus? See, right now is when all the doubts start to happen. And you go, I don't really know because I... Listen, is he trustworthy or not? What do you know that he's called you to do? You know in the heart of hearts right now what he's speaking to your heart. Don't miss the joy and the freedom of letting him do for you what you keep trying to do for yourself. Don't miss that. 
you have questions, I'd love to chat with you. If you have questions about baptism, we have conversations with everybody before they're baptized, understand what that's all about. We'd love to be part of that. I'll be right here at the front. So glad you've been with us here on the first Sunday of the year. Let's pray. Oh, God, you've, you're doing amazing things among us. Perhaps the most amazing thing you're doing is you're speaking to hearts right now. Oh, I don't want that to be lost in the coming moments. God, I don't want the birds to come pick that seed up, fly it away, Lord. Drill down in our lives right now. Let us just have that extra bit of your spirit that helps us take the next step to show up and move with you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you for choosing us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks.